like scary movies. Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Hi, Georgie. Swallow this. Cat dead. Details later. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Hello. So, tonight we're going to be talking about The People Under the Stairs, 1991 release from Wes Craven. Zayford and I, we're going to talk about it. We uh, have had some issues, unfortunately. We did an episode on The Voices and it's kind of been lost forever. So we're hoping to redo it. Um, and here's hoping that the session will be a bit smoother. <laughs> yeah, the Voices should be out before you hear this one anyway so you won't notice it really we know we notice because we spent like an hour on it but we're we're okay because we like that but uh Zayford actually watched this movie for it was the first time today right like you there's not seen yeah i watched half of it last night and half of it today. yeah so oh you broke it up <laughs> Yeah, because I watched it last night after we finished recording, and then I was like really tired, so I didn't want to fall asleep oh, for it. Fair enough. Fair but enough. then I re- I rewatched most of it today. Hmm. Uh, I I actually misspoke because I thought that um, this movie came out in 1990. It turns out it came out in 1991. Another December release, which is strange. It it seems. See, December releases are good. I I I know, but like I thought it was kind of like a niche. To, to release things in December I didn't really think that a lot of horrors come out in December so it's also another one by Wes, Wes Craven he's done at least three of them in December oh really yeah because Scream 1 and 2 are both December releases of course and you you know everything about Scream so you can put you I, I know a decent amount <laughs> but... wouldn't say everything there are definitely things I probably don't know so, what do we think about this movie then? Uh, I enjoyed it for the most part. Um, it's not my favourite film. But it's not my least favourite film. Uh, I haven't um, rated it yet on Letterboxd. But I'm thinking like, this is probably going to the point, yeah. But like a three and a half to a four. That's fair. I would give it a three and a half or a four either. To two. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's definitely like of its time mm. it definitely feels like a early 90s film to be honest with you i think one of the reasons why it's considered a favorite for me is because i grew up on this movie um you know like you know how it's, like you really like a movie not necessarily but it's because it's good but because it's nostalgic right there's like a lot yeah so like the crow yeah so like there's a lot of like crappy movies that like have a following because they're nostalgic and I kind of think The People Under the Stairs isn't crappy but it, it holds a lot of nostalgia for me. I think it was like one of the first horror movies I saw. Um, I must have been about six, seven years old when I saw this movie for the first time and it absolutely terrified me. Um, the whole like idea that like this uh, mum and dad were brother and sister and they had all these children and they like they did something wrong in in any which way and they'd have like their tongues cut off or their ears cut off or 
their eyes cut out and just um, hidden under the stairs was just so disturbing to me as a child. Um, it's really interesting now, like watching it as an adult, it, you do kind of see the campy um, satirical side to it. It, like because yeah. like, we, we were kind of like we sort of like briefly discussed like why this would be seen as a comedy and I just said well it, it's probably because you know someone riding around on a motorbike in leather in a house is, is, is kind of ridiculous but actually there seems to be um, it seems to be like a light version of an exploitation film talking about uh, poverty socioeconomics um, capitalism uh, Gentrification. Yeah, so it's it like yeah. it it embodies quite a lot of stuff that I didn't really see as underlying themes until that was pointed out to me, and now that I have seen it, I'm like, oh yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. Um, it's interesting because I think I have heard Wes Craven talk about this movie only once as well, so I haven't got a deep understanding of what Wes Craven was trying to convey in this movie. I honestly thought that it was just an original idea that he had perhaps taken from a newspaper or something like that and and obviously the the 1970s burglars who found the two children in the house article that i uh, just found out about is is clearly where he derived it somewhat from but it's it's interesting that he's uh he's put some of these topics in there that i i didn't even realize but it's so overtly obvious now that i now that it's been pointed out to me Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It's definitely an interesting film. It makes you think a little bit, but then it also brings you back into it. And with dumb stuff like a man running around in a giant gimp suit shooting a shotgun at the walls, <laughs> it's got to be like the most ridiculous thing I've seen for a while. I think. And I've watched *Malignant* recently. <laughs> I would say Malignant isn't as dark as this movie. Would you say that? Yeah, I I think Malignant... Not in terms of, like, subject matter. Mm. And I I, I think, like, the... So, for me, I mean, I don't know what you found, like, to be scary about this movie, if anything at all, but the one scene that really sticks to me is when... um, you know the dude that that's that's been killed in the house, and they 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 sort of put him. They're sort of stripping away his flesh and and throwing it down to the the people under the stairs. Um, the Leroy. Right, character, yeah, yeah, Leroy. That's it. Yeah, so that that scene to me has always stuck in my head, and I've always thought that was so terrifying. Um, I don't know. I I I've I always have kind of a bit of a gross feeling when it comes to cannibalism. Uh, but knowing that like that yeah that probably was like the the darkest moment of it and like the the creepiest because obviously you're seeing him just kind of hack up a body while it's strung up and obviously the kid's strung up as well so you're like is he next Mm. does he does he make it out and obviously he does and his name we were discussing as well weren't we point point dexter um I didn't actually know that that was a name. Like, obviously, I know Dexter, but Point Dexter is just—I uh, didn't know that was a name. Yeah, I don't think it's used overly common. I don't think but I've ever heard anyone called Point Dexter. Just like I've never heard anyone called Seyford before. 
I don't think you'll ever hear anyone called it. No. How many people? How many people have you known in your lifetime called Zayford? Uh, none. Mm. Other than myself. I don't know. Was that? Did you? Were you ever part of that trend? There was like this weird trend that went. I mean, I'm I'm a little bit older than you, so you may it may not have happened with you, but I like. There used to be this thing where it would be kind of cool to add everyone with the same name as you on Facebook for a laugh. So my dad. I remember my dad looked up people with the same name, yeah. and I think there was like two people <laughs> other than myself. Oh. One person, I think one person who had changed his name legally, oh. and someone else with, I think it was just like a Facebook name. You you are definitely, you definitely have the names of the the, uh, the fallen names of people who can't find keychains at the gift shop. I can't imagine. <laughs> oh no. yes, definitely. <laughs> It's such a horrible feeling <laughs> knowing that my name is not on anything in any gift shop. Mm. That's the thing about the name Katie okay. is literally so stereotypical, like such a stereotypical '90s name. And then my middle name is Louise, which is even more like it's like a weird cult thing in the '90s. I don't know what our parents were thinking. Well, at least, yeah, that like everyone seems to have the middle name Louise. Like I, I know like dozens of people who have the middle name Louise who are my age, yeah, I don't know why yeah, as I say it's fairly a common, fairly common middle name, do you have like, do you have a common middle name or a, a no middle name no, my my middle name is just as weird as the go first go on, name. tell me <laughs> yeah, it's Axel. Axel oh well that's not as strange it's not as strange but it's not any better <laughs> I wonder how many Zayford axles there are in the world. None. <laughs> One. Please don't face it on me. <laughs> One. No. No, my dad named me after uh, the axles from Axel Foley for whatever reason. Mm. It's not even like Axel Rose. Fair enough. I was supposed to be a boy, yeah. so I think like my name was kind of like a last minute. Couldn't think of anything else. Let's pick kind of a popular name. Let's pick two random popular yeah, names. Yeah, and, and that'll be fine. Yeah, pretty much. But not... yeah, um, so people under the stairs. I th I think like another disturbing aspect of that for me definitely was that there was a lot of incest going on. Um, the mummy and daddy there was just something so deprived about that again probably really inappropriate for me to have been watching that at six years old um but all of the oh, yeah, definitely. yeah like all of these themes they were kind of like for me uh, yeah that that like that young like it was it was super disturbing like i just i couldn't get my head around that these people were um incestual with each other and they had all these children and for whatever reason they'd been slung under the stairs and they'd lost parts of their body like their ears their eyes no i thought that i thought the children were the ones that just they just kidnapped they're theirs aren't they no i don't think they've i don't know if they're their kids because like the girl isn't her kid alice is their child no no they're not what because the the granddad said that the kid isn't theirs and they would just kidnap kids is that <laughs> am i blowing your is, mind is that is that really a thing because like i was always under the i think so i mean it wouldn't really make a hell 
I don't know, because, like, there isn't really anything about missing children in it, though, is there? No, but there's there's a line that's saying that they were... The girl says they were searching for the perfect boy. Mm. Like, boy child. And you won't just keep having... They seem too old, uh, too young to be having that many kids at that age. I think that was another factor to it that really creeped me out as well, to know, like, because I was, I honestly believed that all these children were theirs, and then, like, throwing them down into this pit after they're their children, for me, I don't know. No, I think, I think they just kidnap them, like, try and convince them that they're, like, from a young age, and then if they back chat, rip the tongue out, throw them in the basement. Or if they see something that they're not supposed to, or... Yeah. Or hear anything they're not supposed to. Mm. Yeah, it's... It, uh, have you ever seen the movie um, Hounds of Love? Um, I can't say I have. I don't think I've ever heard Hounds of it. Hounds of Love, so it's an Australian movie. Um, and it's, it's, really, it's really interesting. It's basically about this uh, girl who asks this uh this guy uh to prom and he he says no and she's actually quite deranged as is her family and she kidnaps him and tortures him and then towards the end of the film she actually throws him into a pit full of these other people that have rejected her or or it's all gone wrong in some way or another and it's kind of like it's very reminiscent of the the pit uh, you know where like they feeding them human flesh and stuff uh, in yeah. the people under the stairs, uh, but with um, Hounds of Love, it's like it's a lot more disturbing than the people under the stairs. I shouldn't, I shan't ruin it for you. Like it's Australia. What do you expect? I don't know. I I, they, I can't say that Australian horror. Is, I mean, obviously Wolf Creek is what comes to mind immediately, but yeah, uh, you know. I don't really think the Australian movies are that disturbing, are they? <laughs> no, but they can they can go really dark, even in like a pretty light film. Yeah. See, on IMDb, the people under the stairs is rated six point two. Hounds of Love is actually rated six point five. It's got an eighty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes as well, which is pretty good. Um. Might have to have a look at some point. Yeah, it's it's re- it's really good. It's a good movie. I I yeah. It it's just I I can't. I'm sorry. Like you've kind of taken me back that the kids weren't theirs. Like I'm just thinking, how did I think that they were? Because it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? They can't all be theirs. But for yeah. me, I really I, the, I really the... believe that they were. They're definitely like in the late thirties, early forties. They're not having that many kids in that quick succession. Mm. Oh dear. Well, never mind. <laughs> yeah, they could have played up the whole uh, missing kids thing though. And it had a budget of six million, and it made thirty-one point four million as well. Which is, Wes Craven seems to be pretty good at turning around movies. You know, like doesn't seem to have huge budgets but seems to make quite a lot back he seems to have that formula down pretty good yeah i mean it's it's worth craving though yeah as soon as he gets his mindset on it it's it's usually a good film 
for the most part. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, Vampire in Brooklyn might be a bad one. You can tell that I am really not on on it tonight because I have completely misspoken again. Hounds of Love is actually a different movie. I'm thinking of The Loved Ones. So The Loved Ones is the one about the girl who kidnaps the boy and she throws him in the pit at the end. So The Loved Ones. Yeah. What year is it? I'll, I'll Google it now and save it. That is from 2009. Um, it's directed by Sean Byrne. Oh, yeah. I've seen... I've seen the poster for it's this. very good you you definitely uh i think you definitely enjoy it it's it's very gory though no uh, definitely something uh to like yeah be, be mindful of how gory it is 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 pretty like i was it, it did not do well in the box office but uh, again everyone that i've spoken to about um the loved ones has said such it's such a good movie and it's kind of like when we were talking about the voices yesterday i think it deserved a lot more than what it got um because yeah i only found out about this movie like um i think it was about six months ago now and yeah i i wish i'd known about it sooner but yeah hounds of love is actually about a couple like a murderous couple which i haven't actually seen before um, and I always get them confused, even though I haven't seen Hounds of Love. <laughs> so discredit Hounds of Love. But Hounds of Love is actually a 2016 movie, um, also Australian. So you can't really uh, attack me for that because they're both Australian yeah, movies. The same ballpark. Yeah, well, they both came out around the same time as well. So it's not like it's not too bad, is it? So I mean, there's seven years between them. <laughs> we, we, seven years is not like same ballpark well ish two ish, years sure. ish uh, you know what i mean it, it's not it's not at least a movie from the 80s or, or some era you know what i mean yeah but yeah um wes craven is uh yeah i really rate a lot of his stuff you know like I think when when you're thinking about horror, Wes, Wes Craven, like he really stands out, doesn't he? Yeah, I need to go back and rewatch some of his older stuff. Like I need to rewatch like The Hills of Eyes and The Last House on the Left. I actually ha- I need to go back and rewatch. I actually them all. have the original Hills Have Eyes on um on a, a remastered DVD thingy. Um, like. <laughs> the original Hills Have Eyes is so rubbish compared to like not rubbish in story, but you know like the the newer version. Quality. Um yeah, yeah, it's so uh like the 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 original is is kind of campy almost, um, but it's kind you know, it, it does its job, whereas the Hills Have Eyes is just so heavily rapey and yeah, a lot of people call uh, yeah, Wes the master of horror. A though. lot of his earlier films, are, a lot of his earlier films are a bit like that, though. I loved. They're a bit more exploitive. Yeah, and I loved A Nightmare on Elm Street. Johnny Depp was in the first one, right? Yeah, and he made a cameo in like the fourth one or the fifth one. Because mm. he was playing himself, kind of. I've got that franchise on the box set somewhere. He he, uh, he did another one of my favourites as well, uh, 1972's The Last House on the Left. I, I love that movie. I yes. thought that movie is fantastic. I need to rewatch that one it's as well. It's such a good movie. Um, 
it really takes the whole like uh well i i think it i i spit on your grave um that came out around the same time didn't it as those those revenge movies became quite uh a big yeah. thing in the 70s didn't they um yeah, and then they stopped for a while, and then they came back in, like, the 90s again. Uh, don't even talk to me about Early the whole 2000s. I Spit On Your Grave franchise that's going on. Like, what are they on now? Like, four or something? I... I think they're on, like, five or six. Yeah, it's... There's a fair It's few bad, because, like, you know, the first one, I actually... Like, the remake that came out, I think it was in 2010 or 20, 2009, I want to say. Um... It, that now that that was pretty good um it has some pretty good death scenes in it um the actual like rape scenes like they didn't feel um it's a bit ridiculous to say they didn't feel exploitive because obviously they're rape scenes that's what they're supposed to be exploitive but it didn't feel overly yeah. excessive like pornography it kind of feels in the other ones that come after the one that's released in 2010 like the remakes of these that it is a bit like torture porn you know it stops being yeah. entertainment about revenge flicks and kind of becomes a bad porno in my opinion um <laughs> the sex element to these movies and the sexualization of it is kind of supposed to be like not the main point of the movie the the main point is the revenge aspect and i think that gets lost in the remake version um like the first one very much so has has that still it's very dark and very gritty um the original i spit on your grave obviously th there's a fantastic scene where she's like on a speedboat and some guy's like skinny dipping in the lake and she's just coming at him with the tomahawk um and just all sorts of death scenes like that and it it's very much like yeah go on get him for what they've done to you kind of thing and it it's great yeah. to watch um but like the the movies that like i spit on your grave two and three and four and whatever any of those horrible ones are i think the latest one was deja vu or something there's, there's just there's something like horrible that it's always like they've drugged somebody and or something you know there's not really much um thriller aspect to it and it, yeah it all just seems like a really bad porno um yeah it's, it's not my particular type of um film i'm not like the biggest fan of the rape revenge films mm. and the the wes craven's i last house on the left is very much in the same vein i believe that was made remade around the same time too which is interesting because those movies first Wasn't came out the... around the same time and then got remade around the same time so i feel like the remake had jennifer lawrence in but i'm not 100 sure no um, you're thinking about um... the house at the end of the street or something or the something house. I know what you're talking about, but it's not. It's not that movie. Um, let me see if I look it up. I yeah, know what you're talking about. Yeah, it was one. Uh, I found it. It's, uh, give me two seconds. <laughs> I didn't find it. I was just saying. <laughs> house at the end of the street. Yeah. House at the end of the street. 2012. That's it, yeah. So yeah. It's a very similar it, storyline. Is it? I mean, I think I remember watching like twenty minutes of that movie, and I found it kind of boring. I don't think Jen. I, I don't think, think Jennifer Lawrence is very good it, in horror. For the most part, it kind of is. Mm, I don't know. I think she's supposed to be good in that Mother. Don't even talk to me about that movie. <laughs> so you've seen it at least. So that's, that's good. Because uh, I have no idea what it's about, and I'm guessing it's not good. 
It is good. It is good. And uh, but like a lot of people would disagree with me. So it's definitely not a stereotypical horror. It's a very artistic, abstract kind of movie. Probably a little bit artsy fartsy for a lot of people. Like you know, what the hell is this pretend? So it's an A twenty four film. What? So it's an A twenty four film. Yeah, but a lot of people would say that it's a. Uh, pretentious garbage or at least that's how it's been spun in rolling stone it's not been it's not been spoken of very highly by quite a lot of people like um yeah it's not it's not thought of a a lot and um if you haven't seen it there's not really it, it would be interesting if you did see it because like it is definitely a movie to discuss because you you look you listen when you watch this that movie you definitely have one sort of perception of how like what that movie is trying to be about and like i think a lot of people take a lot of different perceptions of what the movie is um but like Mm. literally everybody got it wrong when there was actually an article uh the director was explaining what the movie was actually about i was reading it and i was like that's not what i thought the mother that that that's not what i thought uh, mother was about at all um yeah but essentially, uh, what he was trying to convey was uh, about being Mother Earth, and it was uh, supposed to be about the environment. Um, oh, okay. I never would have thought that in a million years. It, I didn't seem that way to me, and I, I found Mother to be like extremely emotionally charged. It was very upsetting for me. Um, if you haven't watched it and you are going to watch it, there's no point in me like getting too much into it because I don't want to spoil it. Um, but you, essentially, what what does happen that I can tell you without like spoiling it is that this this woman is pregnant, and her husband is a writer, and gradually uh, she she's somewhat trying to make the perfect house, and gradually things start to decay and descend into madness, and it all seems like a perfect allegory or a metaphor to a relationship, but actually. Um, yeah the director was trying to talk about the environment which kind of knocked me sideways and made me very confused um there's kind of a lot of biblical senses of it as well like adam and eve mm, um, yeah yeah the, the, it's, yeah, that... it's it, it's an in, it's an interesting one it would definitely be good uh to cover eventually um but i i have to be in the right mood for it it's like a very dark movie like to, <laughs> this this movie that we're talking about now like the people under the stairs like this this is quite that's quite a light movie compared to mother i feel mother is very heavy um but then maybe i'm just giving it a little bit more credit than it it's it i should you know but i kind of it moved me a lot um but then might have been from the period of time i watched it as well just like when i thought that the people under the stairs was such a scary movie when i was a kid right um I suppose. I suppose. Yeah, our, it yeah, like our perceptions of um, movies change definitely over time. But I do think that um, <clears throat> I do think that the people under the stairs has definitely stood the test of time. Like it's been out for thirty years now, and it's still an enjoyable movie. So yeah, even even to someone that uh, has only watched it the once, <laughs> it's still majority. In- I, I definitely enjoyed it, but it's not something I'm gonna watch again soon. I'd have to like f- kind of forget about it to then rewatch it. 
do you think do you think you're gonna forget about it any do you think it's it's a movie that sort of sticks with you or um i think given enough time i can forget about it (laughs) maybe not the guy running around in the gimp suit because that will stay with me i guess it didn't really have the same amount of reach as these other movies did it like everyone knows last house on the left everybody knows uh well everybody everybody knows about freddy krueger right um but I feel like it's more of a cult classic than the others. The others are like kind of staples of yeah. horror. Whereas this, a lot of people, if they talk about it, it's usually in small circles. Do you know uh, Wes Craven's attitudes towards the newer Freddy Krueger films? Like, how does he feel about them? I. Like, what, as in, like, the reason? Yeah, like, does he approve or. Um. I'm not sure. I don't know what he... I don't think I've either said it and think. Or if he did, I didn't see it. Because mm. it would have been a time where I wasn't as big into, like, keeping up with everything. Because mm. I think, what, it came out in 2011, the remake? 2009? Something well, I don't like. want to be quoted on anything, cause I, but I'm pretty sure he didn't think that the latest one was any good. Um, let's have a look. So we're the same as everyone else. Huh? <laughs> You're right, yeah, but you know, like, uh, it's interesting, isn't it? Because like Stephen King, um, he's had a lot of adaptations of his books and all sorts that have somewhat been panned by critics and by fans, and he's stood by them. And he's actually stood by a couple of horror movies that aren't even that good either. Um, well, the only one he doesn't like is the original Shining. I know that one for definite. What was his issue with that? Was that a Stan- Stanley Kubrick uh, it thing? It derailed too much from the book. Mm. I think it derailed too much from the book. I'm just pulling up an article here from yeah, Cinema Blend about Wes Craven, and it says Wes Craven admits he made this mistake with Freddy Krueger. Uh, this could be just talking about like the original stuff. I think the mistake he was probably referring to is selling the rights to it. Well, he's he's saying that he doesn't like that in the he doesn't like that he's changed the face. So the the originals he felt were a lot scarier, and then the updated version he felt lost a lot of the fear factor, which. Yeah, she looks a bit mousy. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely remake. agree with that. Like, yeah, the the newer Freddy Krueger movie was not that great, was it? <laughs> no. Mm. It was not uh, up to scale as the originals. Even, like, the worst one was still better. Interestingly, he thought that the, uh, the newer Last House on the Left was okay, uh, he didn't say like he was overly impressed with it, but he said it was okay. In his words, quote unquote, good attempt. Um, so, <laughs> I mean. Well, I mean, Wes is considered like, um, like, like the master of horror in terms of films. So, a good attempt is probably a high praise. It is, but I. I... I could you could just imagine someone like striving to be the next Wes Craven by remaking it and just being told that you know they can 
revel in their uh, mediocrity brilliant. you know it would probably drive a, a yeah. perfectionist mad you know i i think wes craven is very effective in his films and he, like he, he's very good at um sound effects he's very good at certain the the shooting is always very spot on there's never any angles that are uh off place like he, he's always very good at making you feel like you're right in it without uh using these uh disconcerting camera angles so like he he is in, in a sense he is the master of horror because he doesn't rely heavily on jump scares or the confusing shooting uh, of the film he literally, literally carries it off with these stories and the stories are the things that stick with you um, too often we end up really enjoying horror movies that are just full of jump scares and don't really have a story to them or have very limited uh, disturbing imagery and that you know oh that one scene really creeped me out I really think that Wes Craven is a storyteller um, and yeah some of the stories that he's come up with are absolutely fantastic and the fact that he can derive them from real life is 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 quite a skill to have I really do think that yeah, because he picked up, you said he picked it up from uh, Inspired by a 70s article, so people understand. I think he also had some real life inspiration for Nightmare on Elm Street as well. Oh really? About some, ki- about some kids dying in sleep. Oh okay. I don't know too much about the origin, do you, do you know much about that? Uh, other than that, oh, not okay. <laughs> I just know that, I know he had... He, I think he read an article about it, about some kids dying in the sleep, and he had like an old bully called Fred, and that's why he called it called him Fred. Uh, the colours are purely because um, they clash, and it makes people feel uneasy, supposedly. And that's about it. That's all I've got. Hmm. I'm just pulling up a interview here from Republic World it says in an interview with Vulture so that's strange that they've taken an interview for their interview (laughs) for their little journal (laughs) journalistic piece they've interviewed him and then taken a a third person thing and added it in but okay don't sound like like journalists uh, fair enough in an interview with Vulture maybe he was busy um, (laughs) they didn't ask all all the questions to him uh filmmaker Wes Craven revealed that a Nightmare on Elm Street plot was inspired by an article that he read in the LA Times. It was about a family who escaped the killing fields in Cambodia and managed to get to the United States of America. So maybe what you know or you've heard is an urban legend that was sort of carried over about the origins of the mm, film. That do you know and, and that happens a lot. Like we we do actually start urban legends all the time when we watch horror movies and say oh because when something is said that it's based on a loose story, a lot of people want to figure out what that story is and tall tales are created. He stated that things were fine for them and then suddenly their young son was having very disturbing nightmares. The kid told his parents he was afraid that if he slept the thing chasing him would get him so he tried to stay awake for days at a time craven mentioned that when he finally fell asleep his parents thought the crisis was over then they heard screams in the middle of the night by the time they got to him he was dead 
The boy died in the middle of the nightmare. The director asserted that he was a youngster having a vision of a horror that everyone older was denying. He admitted that it became the central line of a nightmare on Elm Street. And this is bringing back some really disturbing memories for me. Have you ever seen the movie uh, 13 Ghosts? Uh, original remake. Yes. Uh, Matthew Lillard and um, what's his name? Shalhoub. Sorry, I was just letting my dog out. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, Shaggy from Scooby-Doo in 13 Ghosts is yeah, all I know him as <laughs> to be honest with you Matthew um, is in Scream as well uh, you know the guy he's like he works in the lab let's see anyway I can explain it like he's he's basically gone there in the movie and all, all I know is how he dies like that's the only way I can remember it is that do you remember when there's that like the so the inside of the house has like glass walls and he the gets stuck walls, in the yeah. middle of one and literally gets cut in half that's the only oh the that's lawyer it. there we go now yeah i said he was a scientist because of the glasses evidently but yes <laughs> i don't know if he was wearing he does no because they wear these special glasses so they can see the ghosts that's oh, i yeah, remember yeah. now what's going on do you know what yeah, i took codeine tonight and that is why i am not acting myself so i apologize but i'm in a lot of uh covid pain so forgive me for not being on yeah, point Shannon Elizabeth is in the film as well. <laughs> it's a highlight mm. But yeah, th 13 Ghosts, so I, I can recall, um, I remember going to sleep one night and waking up and I had cuts on my face and I, um, you know the jackal, the guy with the cage around his head? I had a yeah. dream that he got me and that he was scratching my face and then I woke up with scratches on my face. Uh, that's what that kind of reminds me of, that whole thing when you're a kid and you're convinced that your nightmares are real. But yeah, thirteen. Well, I really it. haven't seen the the first thirteen ghosts before. Is it worth watching? Um, I don't know. I know it's from like the sixties or the fifties. I know it's black and white. Yeah, it's like an old one. It's like a Vincent Price film. Mm. That's about as much as I know about it. I've never seen it. Yeah. See, my knowledge of horror really only proceeds from about I'd say the seventies onwards. I am a bit guilty for not have watching, like, not have watched, like, the, like, really old movies, you know? I'm quite behind on the, yeah. uh, the, the move, the, the black and whites, uh, you know? Like, I, uh, there's a lot of them that I haven't seen that I really need to, definitely. I've seen a couple of, like, the Hammer Horrors, but this was, this would be, like, years ago. Mm. I think if anyone is listening and... to us that, like, could recommend some, like, good starting points for, like, black and white noir sort of horror movies, like, it, it would definitely be a good starting point for both of us, because I think that's probably one of our weaker parts of the genre, like, we, we just don't know much about these super, super old horror movies, and I'd definitely like to. Um... I feel like the 20s Nosferatu will get mentioned a lot. Is that the Hunchback of Notre Dame? No, Nosferatu is um, basically Dracula. Oh, right, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's like the, the 1920s the silent film, I think. Mm. See, like, yeah, and I, I'm so limited on it. Like, literally, when I did my horror unit, I had to read quite a lot of creature literature. And Dracula... Um, 
was one of the books that I had to read. Frankenstein was another one. Um, all of these novels, obviously, also films, but I just haven't seen the films, and I, I really think I should. But it, yeah, it is hard. It's hard having a, a starting point on this kind of stuff when, you, yeah, you just you don't watch that far back. And I think we're constantly being bombarded with like new movies all the time. And horror is something that somewhat stagnates, but there's also like a lot of new genres coming out, like found footage, for example. Like we yeah. both. A lot of them are so cheap to make that they come out so quickly. Yeah, we, we and we both really like found footage movies. And to be honest, like if if we know that there's a found footage movie, like a new good one that's you know we're gonna pick that over the black and white one, right? Um, yeah, definitely. Horror, horror is just like when you when you have your favorites in the subgenre of of what you want to see things do get pushed down and it is such a huge genre so when somebody says that they like horror movies that doesn't necessarily mean they even like the same movies that you do you know um thankfully i would say our interests are like similar but but quite varied but an, an, enough for it not to be conflicting you know but I think mm. that uh, yeah, you can definitely um, and definitely there's well, there's probably more movies out there than we could watch in our lifetime, right? So it, oh yeah, definitely. If you count from like the start of horror, essentially, from so like the early twenties to now, you've got a hundred years worth of horror. What interesting, like, what, what is, what was your first ever horror movie? Like, what was the first horror movie you ever watched? Um, so I, the main one I remember is probably Scream, because that's probably where it started off. That's probably why it's our favourite. Oh, that's great. But, but I also remember, like, watching, like, really weird, like, obscure films that I probably wouldn't re- be able to remember. Like, don't, don't really remember the plots, don't really remember the names. But I remember watching like just weird horror films as a kid. It was the nineties. It was allowed. <laughs> It'd been probably the early two thousands, so that's when you're getting those like really weird films as well. All oh, right, yeah, because I'm like older than you. I forgot. Well, there was a lot of there was a lot of uh, weird nineties films that I was subjected to. To interestingly. Um, you know when you say you're you're saying to me there's a lot of weird obscure movies and t- I can't really think of anything that comes to mind straight away. Um, you know when you get those like really cheap ones. Mm. I know what you're talking about. I just yeah, can't. I can't them. name anything right this second. It's not coming yeah, exactly, to me. Because they're all they're all rubbish. Right, and you, and you just can't. You can't really because they do all kind of. They did all kind of follow like, even though they were weird, they were all quite generic at the same time. It. I yeah. think the first horror movie I actually ever watched was Cannibal Holocaust. Um, that will ruin a child. Right, and I actually thought it was real. So, now, Cannibal Holocaust is obviously the original found footage movie. Uh, so much so that the director ended up having to, to prove that these people didn't actually that die yeah and he was fined a lot of money for the animal abuse and i don't actually condone the animal abuse in it at all i do own 
the uh, shameless release of that which does actually include the animal abuse um but i you know i don't i don't agree with it at all um but yeah when i when i first watched that movie i think i was uh five years old and i thought it was real uh that really bore out my whole like my love for found footage movies but i didn't know what they were yet and i don't think other than the blair witch project there wasn't a whole lot of found footage movies emerging in the 90s i think it's something that sort of happened post-millennium it was definitely like the late 90s slightly after Blair Witch into the early 2000s you might find the odd couple ones in like any of the like in like the 80s maybe but they're gonna be very uh, very rare yeah they I'm trying to think of like some really good found footage movies that come to mind straight away I was a huge fan of Paranormal Activity when it first came out but I actually rewatched like all of them um, recently like in the past year and I actually thought they were kind of rubbish which is a shame because and and yeah it, it is it is those shifting perceptions again isn't it like thinking that something's really I'll great watch new one. I, th- I think one of the the best the best ones out of that franchise is probably the marked ones i think that one still is a good one um yeah don't watch the new one the new one's really really not good. i've been looking for it and i can't find it anywhere in this country where have you found that is it, um, places ah <laughs> places where pirates go of course um yes. <laughs> yeah no, I watched it last night. It was it was it was okay. It wasn't any better than any of the rest. Is it of like them. a standalone thing? Like it's it's not related to the uh, Katie and Christie. Okay. Yeah, it's not really anything to do with them for the most part. Is it, is it is there still like witchcraft and uh, demonic things, or is it like a, is it like a whole new different yeah. thing? There's still like demons and yeah. stuff. It's more towards the end though, as usual like the typical slow build i think we should definitely do an episode on the paranormal activity entire franchise because i used to be a huge fan of them and i really thought that the story had um a lot to it i actually saw the third one in the cinema when i was pregnant with my daughter and it was really scary (laughs) um yeah, thinking you're gonna have a possessed child. No, it was it was just like <laughs> the jump scares towards the end were like yeah, it was quite intense to watch in the cinema. Actually, I really wish I was one of those people that got to watch Paranormal Activity in the theaters, like the first one. Um, I didn't get to do that, and that is it's a shame because like I I don't know if you ever saw any of the adverts or the promos for people watching Paranormal Activity in the cinema, but they literally made it look like it was like Exorcist level of hysteria and scariness, you know, like they yeah, but they say that about every new horror. No, film. but they were showing like the audience's reactions oh, in the movie, so like the they weren't showing the actual movie; they were just showing people's reaction to the movie in uh. the ad in the adverts yeah so like you know in the exorcist where they were saying that people were like throwing up and passing out and they were using all of this like awesome i mean and it was great way to promote it um yeah but that's what they did with paranormal activity and it and it like fed into this idea that this movie was really really frightening and 
um yeah the, the whole hysteria for it was uh it really built and I, I do think that although Blair Witch is considered like the staple of really putting found footage on the map paranormal activity kind of cemented it for sure um the second Blair Witch project like nobody ever talks about it because it was shit uh, Book, Book of Shadows. Of <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, that's not that's not no, a good film. No, um, but the the remake reboot they did was pretty. Yeah. Good. Um, when did that come out? Was that two thousand and seventeen? Sixteen, I think. I, that one. Yeah, I want to say it wasn't. It wasn't too long ago, was it? It was okay. No, it's, it's fairly. It recent. was okay. Um, but I kind of think the original has quite a charm to it. I don't know. I I enjoyed the first one to be honest. I didn't. I didn't really feel like it needed to be remade. Um, I might have to rewatch the original. I ain't seen it for about a decade. It's this very good at unnerving and making you feel uncomfortable. And I I think found footage movies normally if um. It, it like if they make you feel uncomfortable then they've done their job uh you know so yeah and I, I felt the same way about grave encounters grave encounters made me very uncomfortable um grave encounters too i know that you're not a huge fan of but i actually thought that was great as well um but yeah paranormal activity definitely put uh the whole found footage thing like and it, they managed to like it managed to go on for such a long time and i I don't think that it had the um that there's not really been many other franchise i don't think there's been any franchises actually in the found footage subgenre that have um managed to execute that many movies and still have like a keen interest in it like yeah most of them get up to like two maybe three if they're lucky yeah whereas paranormal to we got up to seven so it's seven for one at the moment yeah and this one is like i don't even think it's got anything to do with the director or anything it's kind of like its own little standalone thing um but... yeah from it's it's i don't think it's any of the same like writers or directors but don't quote me on that i haven't researched it that's fair we weren't supposed to be talking about found footage movies anyway so <laughs> you didn't need to come prepared for that one no yeah. i didn't but yeah I, I think that, uh, yeah, I think that's my main takeaway for, for Wes Craven in general and definitely the people under the stairs is a story that sticks with you, regardless of if I thought that those were their children or not. The fact that these incestual people are in this house with all these children they've thrown under the stairs and the poor little girl Alice and being trapped and being cannibals and being crazy and motorbiking through walls and wearing leather it's just a and having a, a random kid running through the walls without a tongue oh yeah and him too yeah we didn't talk about roach yeah roach who eats the roaches yeah gotta survive yep. somehow and it, it yeah it, that those kinds of things like all those little tidbits they they really do stick with you like yeah i, I do remember roach i do remember like the the, the whole uh, leather suit the riding around the motorbike the shooting the shotgun into the walls i remember the faces of the the uh, emaciated boys and men under the house and uh, i remember the, the uh Doctor. yeah the, the, yeah just being stripped of meat and 
yeah, it's, it it sticks with you. And Wes Craven is not just good at the imagery; he's good at the story, and like you, you really want to remember the story. And it's it's not reliant on jump scares. And yeah, he he's great at telling a story. He's a storyteller, and I think a lot of movies these days don't rely on the story enough. I think that you know the and that that is one thing that people really hate about found footage movies that they do rely heavily on jump scares um and that that's kind of what stuck out for me with paranormal activity because like they had a story and a lot of found footage movies yeah, don't have stories they you know not there wasn't too many in that hmm there wasn't too many jump scares in the, the paranormal activity there was not at least the first couple there was loads it heavily I don't think there was it heavily many. relied on jump scares. Um, yeah, the the first one was literally just jump scares all the time. You know, the banging and the slamming and all that. I don't count banging as a jump scare. Oh, when you're in a cinema in the pitch black, I think most people did. Yeah, I suppose senses are a bit heightened. <laughs> Honestly, I, I wish I had gone and seen that at the cinema. I think it would have been really great to watch. But, yeah, I, I mean, they're just, they, you don't get the cinema experience like you used to anymore, do you? It's like when I was talking about Halloween, and those people walking out of it, and I went to see Halloween Kills going, well, that was fucking awful. It's just like, what? <laughs> really? Just enjoy the movie. Stop. Yeah, just enjoy a nice, good slasher. Yeah, I, I don't know what people expect from movies these days. It's kind of just like... We have so much technology in the palm of our hand. The cinema is dying somewhat. Um, a lot of people don't appreciate how difficult it is to, to put all these things into film. And I, th I think we definitely need to bring back the respect for the cinema because, yeah, it's nothing quite like watching an amazing movie in the cinema. Yeah, you definitely it definitely feels better to watch it in a cinema than at home sometimes. Well. But then sometimes you go to the cinema and you watch a film and you're like, I could have just watched this at home. <laughs> Do you really feel that way? Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I haven't done for a while because um, if I go to the cinema, it's usually because I want to see it. Yeah, that, that tends to be my thing as well. I'm bored. Yeah. Like, I, I like watching movies at the cinema. It is kind of my thing, but it has to be like, a, you know, there has to be a specific reason for it. So it, it's all, there's always a horror. It won't be like me going just for the sake of going. There always, I, I want to see, there's usually something specific. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely yeah. always an experience for me and not just like a thing to pass the time. I'm very much still invested in cinema, like going to the cinema, so... But yeah, it's uh, it's crazy, isn't it? Like with everything that's been going on with COVID, like hope I hope it doesn't all get shut yeah, down again. Does. Like it's it's going to be sad if it mm -hmm. does. Well, I'm I'm sure we'll find out soon. I just don't want anything else to be postponed. You know, everything getting pushed back. I I really want to. Uh, like um, I'm I'm dying to see Jackass Forever, and it's been postponed twice now because of COVID. I'm sure it'll just get put onto streaming sites somewhere. No, I think they're releasing it in February next year. So it is coming out, but it was supposed to come out in September, and I was so bummed out that it didn't come out. So here's hoping. Well, fingers crossed for Jackass. Oh, love Jackass. <laughs> All right, well. Yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely watch that one. <laughs> All right, well, 
we've been talking about the people under the stairs. Um, next week we're going to be talking about. Mm, yeah, have we decided? I want to do Jennifer's body. I think we should uh, definitely. But then again, perhaps okay. it wouldn't be a good idea to say what we're going to talk about because I think all these things are just going to come out in random orders, aren't they? So we. No, there should be. A, I, I should have said. Okay, cool. Well, next time we're going to be talking about Jennifer's body. <laughs> um, absolutely love that movie. Uh, completely had no idea about it and how good it actually was until I sat down and watched it on Disney Plus uh, last week. Um, definitely a lot to talk about with that, and uh, yeah, I, I think um, I think I was really surprised that Amanda Seyfried was in it. I didn't even know she was in it because of uh, Megan Fox stealing the limelight and being hot. Stealing all the trailers. Yeah, like she just wasn't even in the trailer. It was nuts. But yeah, I think that's what we'll be talking about next time. Um, We've been talking about this and I think... I think we tried to stay on track pretty... I think we did pretty well this time. Um, (laughs) We we come with good intentions. Compared to some others, yeah. we, We do compared to some mm, of us we, we come with good intentions to, to talk to you about the pertinent subjects about horror we try to stay on track but we do tend to go off on tangents about all sorts of different things and uh, the feedback we've been receiving so far uh, at least on my end is uh, pretty positive of the conversations that we've been having so I think that we are helping and informing people with horror and, and getting people to look at different movies that perhaps they haven't even seen so it, it's really great that we are getting positive feedback but we do appreciate any kind of like criticism constructive whatever you want to say to us we we do want to hear it we do want to listen because we do want to make this podcast good and we do want it to be something that people want to come back to and enjoy so if you do have anything you'd like to add or tell us you can always find us on instagram we're always there or that you know zayford's either picking up messages or me zayford's normally much more timely in responding than i am i apologize for that that's only because it's not coming straight to my phone yeah well i actually have instagram notifications turned off on my phone so i don't actually see things unless i click on um instagram so um we are both logged in there and we usually check on there at least every day um so if you ever have anything you want to say to us please do because we're always there to listen and we're always there to to hear it and improve but yeah we've been talking tonight about uh, Wes Craven and the wonderful people under the stairs and uh, I think that's that's good for now we'll see you later, bye goodbye <laughs>